Good morning, everyone. This is Haley. And if you haven't been on any of the calls with me so far, I'm happy to have you here today. And we're going to talk a little bit about essential oils and how we can use them in the kitchen. There are some safety tips that we've gone over in other classes that we've done till this point, but a lot of them sort of applied to, um, like last week we did using them with our animals and which ones aren't suitable for animals. So a lot of the safety tips that we've gone over thus far aren't going to necessarily apply to today's, but if you're ever going to be using essential oils, please reach out to me and I can get those safety tips to you. <clears throat> so the main thing, whether we're talking about using them in the kitchen or talking about using them aromatically in a diffuser or using them on our bodies, not all essential oils are created equal. This means that not all of them are safe for ingestion. So for example, if you go to Walmart or Win or um, Walgreens or somewhere and you pick up a bottle of oil that claims to be lavender oil or lemon oil, let's say. Let's go with lavender because we've used that before and it works pretty well for people to understand. So if you go and you pick up um, something that claims to be pure lemon oil, but on the label it says it's not safe for ingestion, you may want to ask yourself, why is that? I mean, if you think about a lemon, we can eat the flesh, we can eat the peel, like when we zest it for recipes, you know, it's not going to hurt us if we eat the seeds. And if something, if an oil at the store says it's not safe for ingestion, why would that be? If every part of the lemon we can eat, why is this oil that you're buying from the store saying it shouldn't be taken internally? The answer is probably because it's not a pure certified therapeutic grade um, essential oil. And it probably has some kind of food colorant or some additive to preserve it or that type of thing in it. And so when I say that not all essential oils are created equal, that's what I mean. That I can only speak to the oils that I use, which happens to be doTERRA. Um, I can tell you that I know where they come from. I know where they're sourced. I know how they're um, extracted. And so I know that they are certified pure therapeutic grade essential oils. And on each of their bottles, it does say whether they're ingestible but I'm going to hopefully explain that a little bit to you guys today so that it makes a bit more sense anyway. So essential oils are not the same as like, say, a typical what you would use for cooking oil. Most of those are cold pressed or, or pressed from, say, like the nuts or the seeds. So when you think of like your regular oils, you might think avocado, flaxseed oil, almond oil, those types of things. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about essential oils that are steam distilled from the parts of the plant. And it can be the leaves, the, um, the flowers, the twigs, the roots. Um, it can be taken from the bark or the resin that comes out of the bark. I mean, like the sap that comes out and forms into a resin. So those are different than what you're thinking, you know, when you take, use like coconut oil or flaxseed oil. We're talking about something completely different. Essential oils have a component to them that's similar to the cells of the human body, and it's compatible with the proteins that already exist inside of our bodies. So when we take an essential oil, our body automatically knows what to do with it because of those structures being very similar. So when you, you know, you may put something in a recipe that you like because you like the taste or you like because you like the smell, but because of that structural makeup, of the oil being so compatible to the proteins in our bodies already, your body's going to take that and use that for physical benefits too, not just for taste and for the way it smells. 
All right. Like I said, on doTERRA's bottles, it does say whether it's good for internal use or aromatic use or topical use. Now, so you might be sitting there thinking, that's great, Haley, but I'm blind. How will I know if it says it's great for internal use? Well, the the ugly truth is that... (laughs) I'm working with doTERRA um, and I'm hoping some of you might end up coming alongside me to make these bottles more accessible to us because as of right now, they're not. They don't have braille labels. <clears throat> they don't have a, a QR code or a, like a uh, bar scan, you know, something that would be accessible with our bar scanners. So I'm working with doTERRA right now to do that. But the beautiful thing is that if you're on this Zoom call, then even if you're like me, you have some kind of technical skills. Okay. When I say that, I mean that very lightly when it refers to me, (laughs) very minimal, but I can just get onto my iPhone and I can just say, for example, I would say search doTERRA lemon essential oil. And it's going to bring up what's called their product information page. And it will tell me like where the oil comes from, what country it comes from, how they get the oil out of the plant. It will tell me whether it's aromatically safe, internally safe, or topically safe. It will tell me the benefits, both emotional, physical benefits of the oil. And then it will also give me some ways to use it. So for now, and you can always reach out to me too, and I will help with that. But for today's oils that we're talking about, the simplest way to look at it is if you we're going to use it in your cooking in a plant form. So hmm, how do I explain this so it makes more sense? So anything that you would use as a spice, anything that you would use as a dried herb or anything you would use as like a fruit, whether it's the juice or the peel, the, we're going to have the equivalent to those in oils. So if it's something that you could buy, say, from the grocery store shelf in a dried format or, or pick from your garden and know that it was safe to use, we're going to have an equivalent to that in an essential oil. So for example, um, citronella, right? That's one of our oils. You're not just going to readily go out and pick in your garden, probably citronella. It's definitely not going to be something that's in a dried format on your grocery store shelf. Um, That's not one of our oils that is um, ingestible. So the thing to keep in mind when you're using these essential oils is that they are very, very potent. And we've talked about this in other classes Um, They are, the essential oils themselves, because they're steam distilled, they are 50 to 70% more potent than the plant material itself where the oil is steam distilled from. One drop of peppermint oil, for example, is equivalent to 28 peppermint tea bags. So that's how strong it is. I mean, if you had an upset stomach and you would normally grab um, for a peppermint tea, you can certainly use the oils, but know that it's going to get into your bloodstream a lot faster and you definitely won't need much of it. Peppermint is a, is a pretty strong, pretty strong oil if you've tried it. So unlike dried herbs, um, herbs can lose dried herbs that you get from your grocery store that, you know, might be sitting on your herb rack or something right now. They lose 90% of their beneficial properties just from the dried drying them property. And then the longer they sit on your shelf, the, I mean, I don't know if you've ever opened a, a, a bottle or a jar of herbs and you thought, huh, I knew that was rosemary, but you smell it and it no longer has sort of that very, rosemary is a very distinct, very potent, you know, smell. The longer they sit on your shelf, the long, the less, um, 
like efficacy they have. And they do have shelf life, you know, dates on them. So that's why I like to use the essential oils in replace of the dried herbs. Not always, but a lot of times I, I do. And I'm doing it more and more often now because I'm home more to play around with that. Um, because I know that my oils can last for years and years and years. Um, they're stored in usually doTERRA's oils all come in um, like a brown colored amber glass. Um, and the reason for that is that if oils are exposed to high heat or sun, <clears throat> It can change the makeup. It can make them less effective. And so by having them in the dark amber bottles, um, less likely that the sun is going to get into that bottle and mess up the constituents of that oil. So leaving them in your car is not a good idea, right? Because that's going to be an extreme heat situation. Um, but that's what I like about them is they last for, I've, I have oils that I've had for a long time that I don't use as much. Um, but I can still open them up and know that they're just as effective as they were the day that I got them. So <clears throat> a teaspoon, if you took a teaspoon now and you were to fill it up with essential oil drops, it would hold about um, 60 drops. So I just said how strong peppermint was, right? One drop of peppermint is equal to 28 cups of peppermint tea. If you can imagine putting 60 of those drops onto a teaspoon, there's no way. If a recipe called for a teaspoon of peppermint extract, you might use that, right? Because it's got other stuff added into it, but you definitely would not want to add a teaspoon of peppermint oil into a recipe. <clears throat> Usually with peppermint, three or four at the most is a plenty. And that's if you're doing something like say brownies and you wanted to put, um, give your brownies that peppermint brownie taste, at the most you would put probably three to four drops. So we're talking about how strong it is. Let's talk about some maybe equivalents that might make a bit more sense. So we can use the oils. Like I said, if it's something you'd use in a, as a regular herb or spice or, or fruit juice or fruit zest that you normally use, you can use the essential oils that are equivalent to that. The zest of one orange, you would replace that with like eight to 14 drops of essential oil. For example, if you were making like lemon bars or something that called for the zest of, a, of an um, <clears throat> the zest of an orange or zest of a lemon, you could add, I'd probably say because lemons are smaller than an orange or limes are smaller than an orange, I would probably go with the eight drops of the oil. If it's a bigger fruit, like an or large orange or a grapefruit, then I would probably tend to go towards the um, higher end of that, which would be 14 drops. Usually, um, in general, this is a really good, good rule of thumb to go with. Um, one tablespoon of a dried oil is equivalent to one drop of oil. So if your recipe calls for a tablespoon of um, oregano, well, maybe not oregano, that's, one, that's a much stronger oil. So let's use rosemary again. So if your recipe called for one tablespoon of dried rosemary, you would be able to get away with one drop of rosemary essential oil in your recipe. Um, it's equivalent to two drops of essential oil or equivalent to an entire two ounce bottle of your dried herbs. Because <clears throat> there's really only about two, two tablespoons in a, in a two ounce jar, maybe a little bit more. So two, a whole jar would be equivalent to two, or two drops of essential oil. All right. And the reason I said about oregano not working the same way is because there are certain oils um, that... Um, are much more potent. And we'll go into that a little bit more and how instead of using that one drop of oil, a different way that you can get those into your recipe. So what I like to do and what's recommended is diluting your oils. 
before you add them to your recipe. So if you're making, for example, um, let's just use this example. So yesterday I made with my daughter a Thai iced tea recipe. I don't know if any of you have had Thai iced tea, but it's made with black tea bags and it's also got an orange flavor to it. And then it's got several different um, herbs and spices in it. And the recipe called for um, maple syrup as the sweetener. So what I did was I went ahead and just put the oils that I wanted to use into the maple syrup before I stirred them in to the iced tea. It just helps them to disperse um, and be more effective. And usually you're, you're going to want to do about one drop to one teaspoon when you're diluting it. So the recipe, for example, was, um, I'm just going to share the recipe if it's something that you guys might be interested in. Just as an example, since we're talking about diluting it, of how you can do. use it in a recipe. You okay, Mika? Yeah, I was saying, please do share it. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and you don't have to memorize this, but I just want to show you an example of how I might use the oils in a recipe. So it was two black tea bags. It was two um, orange blossom tea bags. I'm doing this from memory because I just made it yesterday. So, um, and I didn't have orange blossom tea bags. It also said you could use um, a teaspoon of grated orange zest. Or you could use a drop of wild orange um, essential oil. So I used the orange zest yesterday just because I had it and it was going to steep for a while. So once you have your tea bags, your orange zest, you put in um, maple syrup as your sweetener. So I took the maple syrup that it called for and I put in it, um, it called for star anise or star anise, however you choose to say it. It called for them to be whole. I didn't have them, but I do have that as an essential oil. So I use that as my essential oil. It also called for cardamom, which I have as an essential oil. So I use that. And it also called for um, cloves, which I have as an essential oil. So I use that. So I, you put that all into a measuring cup and you cover the whole thing with two cups of boiling water so that it can just sit and steep. And when it's steeped for about eight to 10 minutes, you then um, put one cup of cold water over it. And the nice thing about using the essential oils <clears throat> is that if you picture using, say, dried cardamom or cloves or the star anise, you would have to strain that out before you use the tea because it's going to be powder in your cup otherwise. But when you use the essential oils, you don't have all that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a word I'm looking for, but all those granules or all that, you know, powdered stuff that you have to strain out. So you can actually just pour it into your cup, which is, which is nice too. But if you did use the, the regular herbs and spices, you would just have to put a strainer over your cup before you pour it in. So once that's all steeped for eight to 10 minutes, you fill your glass up with ice and you pour that into your glass and then you fill it up the rest of the way with coconut milk. So, and I hadn't tried it before. It was a new recipe. Um, I didn't know how it would taste, um, I, but I, Sydney and I had some and we really, really liked it. So it's kind of neat because I don't always, you know, star anise isn't something that I would use on a regular basis. And like I said, if I have those herbs sitting out on my shelf in a bottle, but I'm not using them, eventually they are going to go rancid or not have the same potency that they had the day that I bought them. So the nice thing is, is that I can then substitute my essential oils. Or if it's the middle of winter, 
and I don't have basil out in my garden, I know that I can turn to my basil essential oil. Or if I can't get to the store, right? Because who wants to, as much as I try to plan my recipes and I think, okay, tomorrow I'm making some sort of pasta dish and I need fresh basil, sometimes I'm not so good at planning them. And do I really want to go all the way to the store for a pack of fresh basil leaves? Or is it really even convenient, you know, if you're riding dart, you know, an hour on the bus each way? To, to get your one pack of basil, well, I can just reach for my basil essential oil. So I love the convenience of just having them here. And it doesn't mean that that's all I use. <coughs> Excuse me. I certainly do still use fresh herbs and I have them in my garden and I wait for, you know, start growing so I can use them. But there are times that it's definitely much more convenient and more cost effective um, to use the essential oils. So, okay, we talked about oregano a little bit earlier and how we really wouldn't want to use one drop because it's pretty spicy. There are a couple oils that are pretty strong and putting just even one drop in could ruin your recipe. Um, Those recipes are things like ginger, cinnamon, clove, oregano, pretty strong. So what, what we suggest instead of one drop of oregano or one drop of cinnamon is On each bottle of essential oil, there's a little hole in the top that allows you to drop one drop out at a time. Um, But for these much stronger oils, what you can do is you can take a toothpick and you can dip it down inside of that hole and then swirl it into your recipe. So you're not getting, and you're not getting too much. And I mean, this might be the the most accessible or easy way for us to do it anyway, right? Um, is to to do that toothpick, and even if we have to dip, you know, another toothpick in, I definitely wouldn't swirl it into your soup and then put it back into your oil bottle again to get more. But I, you know, toothpicks are cheap enough that you could dip a couple of toothpicks in just so you're getting the amount that you're that you're looking for. I was excited to find this out this week. It was a question I had, and I thought I'd share it with you guys. Um, when I was a young girl. <laughs> and going through a training center here in Seattle to learn how to cook as a blind person. Um, A little bit about my my background is that um, I have retinitis pigmentosa. I grew up with what I considered pretty decent vision, but compared to what I have today, right? Um, So, but I didn't do a whole lot of cooking growing up. My mom loved to cook. My grandma loved to cook, but I didn't do a lot of that with them. I might've been the person that set the table or dished up the plates or, you know, that type of thing, poured the drinks, but I didn't do a whole lot of cooking with them. So I was 19 and um, about to get married to my high school sweetheart. And I didn't even know how to cook like a hard boiled egg or anything like that. And so um, I've come a long way. I went through a training center here in Seattle and I learned how to cook and um, then later on became the home ec teacher for that training center for a couple of years. But um, what I learned when going through that, that training center was that things were much easier for me to pour and measure if they were cold, right? So for example, I would keep my vegetable oil in the refrigerator so that when I needed to measure a cup of vegetable oil, which I I don't make things that usually would require a cup of vegetable oil. I'm just using that as an example. (laughs) 
But, you know, when I had to measure out that cup of vegetable oil and my finger was sort of, you know, over the top of that measuring cup, when it hit my finger, it was much easier to feel if it was cold than if it was at room temperature. The reason I bring that up is because I wondered, but had never experimented with the idea of, well, could I keep my essential oils in the refrigerator? Would that change their makeup or their efficacy or their potency if I were to keep them in there? Because like I said earlier, heat does change that. Heat is, is not good um, for the oils. It does change their makeup. But I wondered if them being cold would, would have the same effect or if it would be safe for me to do it. So I reached out to someone who is much more knowledgeable than I. And she said, it's not a problem, not at all. There's lots of people that choose to keep them in the refrigerator. So whether you're... Um, whether you're wanting to use them in a diffuser aromatically or you're wanting to um, use them on your body um, or even in a recipe, let's say, you could keep them in the refrigerator. And so it would be much easier for you to feel when it hits. Like if you were going to use it, if you were going to use it um, to inhale it, let's say, let's say peppermint, you put a drop of peppermint in your, in your hand, rub your hands together and cup your hand over your nose and inhale it. Um, for the benefits of peppermint, whether it's nausea or headaches or just needing to feel alert, it would be much easier to feel that drop of oil hit the palm of your hand if it were cold. So I was excited to um, to find that out, that I could do that. So like I said, the ones you're going to use the toothpick method with are the oregano, the cinnamon, the ginger, and the clove. Okay. And really pretty much when it comes to cooking, it's sort of trial and error. I mean, as you learn more about the oils, um, and what you like and don't like, you, you know, try things out, maybe try um, a teaspoon of, or, you know, a teaspoon of honey with a drop of, I don't know, peppermint on it and stir that into a glass of warm water for an upset stomach. And if you think one drop of peppermint is too much, then the next time around you could, you know, try the toothpick method if you wanted to. So I just said that heat is not good for our oils. Um, and that, and what I was referring to was leaving them out in the heat or leaving them in the sunlight. Um, despite the fact that they're in these amber colored bottles, um, the heat still can destroy the, um, the beneficial properties of the oil if left too long. So how can we use them in cooking if they can't be exposed to heat? I hope some of you were thinking that. What's she talking about? If they can't be in the heat, how are we going to use them in like boiling liquids? So it's always recommended that um, if you're going to add the essential oils to um, a recipe, for example, a soup or a pasta sauce, that they be added at the end of the cooking process so that they're not in there just sort of boiling away. So if you were going to make a marinara sauce, let's say, um, or even if you tipped a jar of marinara sauce <laughs> into a pot to warm it up because you're not the person that would make it from scratch, which is fine. Um, but you wanted to add a little bit more flavor by adding some um, rosemary or oregano or thyme, one of those oils. You could definitely do that, um, but add it in at the end just before you're ready to serve it um, over your top of your pasta. Even... Even with like, say, if you were going to use it in a or a hot fridge, so the the pollen is really bad here right now in Washington State, and I can feel it like in my my chest and my throat. And one of our um, blends that a lot of people that use DoTerra use 
is what we call our allergy blend, which is um, a mixture of lemon, lavender, and peppermint. And you can actually buy them in soft gels where those oils are already in like a little veggie capsule and you can take them daily to help with seasonal allergies. But um, I don't always have them on hand. So what I choose to do is I just take, um, I, you know, boil my water. I have like a a tea kettle. So I boil my water in my tea kettle and um, I pour it into my cup, but I let it cool for a little bit first. And then I take um, a teaspoon of honey and I put a drop, one drop of lemon, one drop of lavender, and one drop of peppermint, just because that's what I've tried, and I like the um, the you know the those amounts work really well for me. So I will put that on my spoon with my honey, and then I will stir that into my hot water, and I'll drink that. And not only does the little bit of steam still coming up from the cup with the peppermint clear my congestion or my nose. But the combination of those three oils just seems to settle down, like that mucus buildup. And um, I don't know, like the itching that I might feel, like that dryness in my throat or my chest, Um, even my eyes itching. Because even though I'm drinking it, say, in a recipe, as I mentioned earlier, it's going to get to all the cells of the body. Our body knows what to do with plant material. So it's going to the, our body's going to use that where it's needed. And it will even help me with like that eye itching that's um, associated with seasonal allergies. Okay. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about um, different, like different categories that the oils are put into. Actually, before I do that, we're talking about diluting and putting it into honey. I just want to let anyone know that's listening that might have children, grandchildren. Honey is not recommended for children that are under two years old. So um, if you're diluting it for them, and then that's a personal preference. I mean, it's recommended, but I I know that I personally did use honey with my kids before that. But you may want to find an alternative sweetener, like a maple syrup or something like that, if you're going to be using it with children that are under two. I'm just going to give a couple examples then of like what our fruit oils might be, what our um, herb oils might be and different ways that I've used them in my house. And then we'll open it up for questions and, and you guys can ask what you need. Okay. Bear with me. Now I got to scroll through, man, I'll tell you an hour goes quick. So one of the categories of oils that we um, have is our citrus oils. And, and I'm not going to probably remember or even try to list all of them, but we have um, lemon, orange, grapefruit, lime, you know, the basic uh, like citrus oils that you would think of. And here's a couple ways that I, I choose to use those like in my cooking. So I always throughout the day have a drop of some kind of citrus oil in my glass of water. It just makes it more palatable. If you're not a water drinker, um, it, it can just as easily go in like a, a bottle of Perrier water if you prefer like a sparkling water, but it just gets you drinking more water And it has, you know, the citrus oils have very cleansing properties. So um, a drop or two of lemon oil in your glass of water is going to be very cleansing for the liver. That's one of the ways and one of the most easiest ways that I use it. You could also um, make ice cube trays up and put a drop um, of the lemon oil in the water before you make up your ice cube trays. And that's really fun for like, you know, when you have guests too, you have flavored ice cubes, especially if you're going to use like um, ice cubes and lemonade. You know, the ice, the water sometimes can dilute that down. And after a while, the lemonade won't have that 
um, nice, you know, lemony flavor that you're used to, but by putting a drop of the lemon oil in your ice cube trays with your water, um, will kind of keep that lemon flavor sticking around a little bit longer. <coughs> I love to use, we have, um, a blend called Citrus Bliss, and I love to use a drop of that in like um, vanilla yogurt with my granola and my fruit in the morning. So it's another way you can use your citrus oils is in your yogurt just to give it a little flavor. Um, you could also use it in your desserts, like if you're making lemon bars. That's a really nice way to um, just, you know, extend or to really amp up that lemon flavor in your lemon bars. Okay. So we did citrus oils. The other ones are what we call acrid oils which or spicy oils. And that's black pepper, cinnamon, clove, ginger, some of the ones we talked about a little bit earlier that are um, that you want to be more sparing with. Like I said, a little of them goes a long way. So these are the great, like the toothpick recipe, your toothpick method for some of these ones that we're going to talk about. And they're great for winter recipes because black pepper and ginger, clove, cinnamon in general, they're very warming oils. They're, they're great to use on, um, like in blends for arthritis and that type of thing too physically. But um, even using them in your cooking is really going to warm your body up. And they're great for metabolism, kind of speeding up that metabolism. I always put cinnamon in my oatmeal um, in the mornings if I'm going to have oatmeal. Okay, so here's some ways that I use those ones. Black pepper you can use in your soups for sure, um, you know, in replace of your, your pepper grinder. Um, ginger is great for in like dressings or um, I'll put a drop of ginger in my morning like detox smoothie, which isn't really a smoothie and it probably won't sound very good, but it's um, <laughs> it's a glass of warm water and two tablespoons of lemon juice and two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar <laughs> and um, a, a drop of cinnamon and a drop of ginger. I actually use a drop because I like that, but if you were starting out with it, I would say probably use that toothpick method, but it's a really great detox first thing in the morning before you even, um, you know, have anything to eat. Um, so that's a really good way to use those. And one of my favorite ways to use the clove cinnamon kind of oils is in a Christmas wassail, a homemade wassail. So it's got like your apple juice and, you know, normally you would take like a little mesh bag and you'd put your whole cloves in it and you'd put your cinnamon stick in it and you'd make, you'd end up making this lovely like spiced cider wassail recipe. Um, well, my, my friend gave me this recipe using the essential oils last year and I, and I made it two or three times throughout the holiday season and everyone asked for the recipe. So that's a really great way to use those as well as like desserts, right? So like a cinnamon apple bundt cake, you could use the cinnamon in it. Um, the cooling oils are like peppermint and spearmint. And again, we talked earlier about using it just in a glass of water for like digestive upset. You could use a drop of the peppermint in a glass of water and drink it and, and it will help settle your, your belly. Um, they're cooling oils. So if it's the summer, these are great oils to use too. If you're just needing like sort of a cool down, it says jams, jellies, and teas. Those are some of the ways that you can use the cooling oils, the peppermint and the spearmint. I like to put them in my brownie mix, like I said earlier. So three to four drops in like a traditional, just boxed, you know, brownie mix is great. I like to use peppermint in my hot chocolate. So when I make a hot chocolate, just one drop, or like I said, you could start off with just the toothpick method, but I find that one drop's okay because I like peppermint. And another category is the floral oils. 
And so you're thinking, how in the heck and why would I cook with floral oils? Um, my daughter's birthday party last year, the theme was um, lavender and lemon. And so all of her, all the food we prepared for her party um, all had those um, ingredients in them. So we had, um, we did roasted, roasted rosemary potatoes with lavender. We did um, a lavender lemonade. We made um, lavender cupcakes with a cream cheese frosting that we also put a little bit of the lavender in. So those are um, really great ways to like use your floral oils. They can go with meats and stuff too. I haven't really tried the floral oils and oils and meats. It didn't sound appealing to me, but um, it's certainly recommended that they could be used in meat marinades. Um, just trying to think what other ways I've used. Like the, I made a blueberry compote. So I just took blueberries from the store, frozen or fresh. I got them from my garden, and made like a, put them in a saucepan with some sweetener. And then I, um, at the end, when I poured them into the mason jar, I, I put um, a toothpick, swirled a toothpick of the lavender oil in. And I had a cocktail party at my house a couple of years ago outside. And we made like, I don't know, six or seven cocktails using the essential oils. And then I made all the food to match, to match up with the cocktails. And this blueberry compote with the lavender in it was a big hit served on like a piece of pound cake. You can also put it in like wine. You could put a drop of oil in a glass of wine. Um, I think the floral oils would be really nice there, like a drop of a rose oil and maybe float some raspberries in the glass with, of wine, kind of like a sangria type thing. And then the herbal oils are the things that you would normally think of like cooking with. So like rosemary, sage, thyme, basil, those types of things that you would, like the herbs that you would think of buying at your grocery store in the dried form. So you could use like my friend makes rosemary sriracha pecans as like an appetizer, which are delicious. Um, you can use those in soups. Again, you want to add them at the end of the soup, so not to destroy the components of the of the oil. You could use them in like a simple syrup. I made a rosemary rhubarb simple syrup, and then I poured a little bit of that into a glass, and then added sparkling water um, to to it, and it was really yummy. Or homemade pestos, you could use your basil and homemade pestos or cilantro. You could use it in your guacamoles or your salsas. So, gosh, I don't know. Those are just some ways that you can use them. I mean, I probably could talk about them forever because I love cooking. <laughs> but I want to give you guys a chance to, um, to ask the questions. There's lots of oils that you cannot ingest, like I said. And, and before you even thought about you know, if you weren't sure, if you didn't know if it was a peel or an orange, a citrus, a floral, or an herb, and you weren't sure, I would definitely say, look that up or check back with me before you do that. But I want to open it up for questions so that you guys can get a better feel for some ways to use them that might work for you. Is that good, Mika? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And um, if you want to raise your hand, if you're using a phone, it's going to be star nine. Uh, as in if you're calling in with your phone, star nine. If you are using the app on the phone, it's in the lower right-hand corner. You, uh, you click on more or double tap on more and raise hand option is there. If you're using the PC, it is Alt-Y. And if you're using the Mac, it's Option-Y. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a lot. 
Um, all right, so just give me one moment. Oh. Anyone, some people are on here, right, Mika? Or it's not just you and I? Oh, no, the, you definitely got, you have raised hands. <laughs> okay. So we're going to, it looks like your name is caller user one. It seems like what's yeah, what you're Cindy from Chicago. Cindy from Chicago. <laughs> Hi. Okay, so my question is, with all of that, which I love, thank you for the presentation, that is you're so welcome. great. You're welcome, thanks for joining me. Yes. Um, my question is, how do you make um, homemade vanilla from any of those oils? Homemade vanilla? Vanilla. Van you know, vanilla extract. Oh, so how I make it, actually. So doTERRA itself does not, um, we don't sell the absolute vanilla essential oil. So this is kind of not on this topic necessarily, but I will tell you how I use, how I make my vanilla. So I simply take a glass jar. The important thing, guys, when you're using the essential oils is to store them in glass or, or you can use them in stainless steel too. So when we're talking about putting it in water, you only want to do it in glass or stainless steel because the, they're so potent that they'll break down plastics and then they'll leach the plastic chemicals into your, into your whatever you're eating or drinking. So what I would do for a vanilla um, is I would take whatever glass jar I wanted to use. I would fill it with vodka, <laughs> just plain, no scented, you know, vodka. And then I put two and a half vanilla beans inside of that vodka. And I let it sit for the longer it sits, the better it's going to be. Um, so I usually, I made them for Christmas gifts this year and I made them sort of like right after Thanksgiving and that's how I make my vanilla so that it's more pure and doesn't have any of the preservatives added to it. Okay. And it could Does be any, sense? any, yeah, so it, it could be any vodka than any brand. Any. Yep. Just, you know, the better, the better quality vodka you buy, you know, the better it's going to taste, but um, no, the vanilla bean is actually what's going to flavor it. So even, a, you know, I don't always buy an expensive vodka. Um, yeah, just straight, plain vodka. And, and then, you know, two and a half, I would say probably per, per <clears throat> like cup of it, I would do like two vanilla, two vanilla beans. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Gives me a chance to think like, was there anything I didn't say because safety is super important to me and i don't yeah, want exactly. anyone using oils if you know it's not going to be safe i don't want anyone getting ill it should be a beautiful thing to use them okay um so nolan nolan has a question nolan you're unmuted hey nolan okay uh good afternoon Haley. thank you for the presentation as always thank you you're welcome i want to ask um, can you use essential oils for cooking pancakes for breakfast or not? Yeah, absolutely you could. I mean, pancakes aren't going to, you know, come to a boil, right? So they're not mm -hmm. going to be, um, you know, and it's not to say that you're going to lose all of the flavor when you use any essential oils in cooking. It's just, it is going to dissipate a little bit. Um, you know, when there's extreme heat, but it's not that you're going to lose all of it. Um, so what, what I would do for, hmm, how would I use it in pancakes? Well, you could definitely use it to flavor your syrup, right? That you're going to put on your pancakes. So whether like I might take a little bit of the syrup and put in a bowl 
and then swirling with a toothpick or do a drop of um, whatever essential oil you know speaks your, to your to your heart but that would be a lovely way to to flavor a syrup um but what i would do is i would just go ahead and um once you've mixed up your pancake batter then go ahead and put the drops in there that um that you would like i think if you were going to do like blueberry pancakes putting some lemon oil would be really nice um i'm very partial to lavender so i wouldn't even be opposed to putting lavender in my syrup on some blueberry pancakes Certainly the citrus oil. I'm very hungry now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm super hungry now. Thank you. And this is all. (laughs) Thank you for your question, Nolan. Yeah, this, I love this. And I actually, you know, outside of essential oils, I use flowers in my cooking a lot. So um, I've been reading a lot about, don't go out and do this, please, because it's not really wise as a blind person, but it's just, there are lots of ways to use florals, even in your stuff like dandelions and rose petals. And even those things can be put in like pancake batters for color and they have medicinal properties too. So yeah, just experiment. If you try something, let me know on another call or in an email how it goes. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, our next question is from Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Great show. Uh, I, came, I came in a little late, so if, if I missed this, um, do you have any tips for organizing those teeny-weeny little bottles and labeling them or keeping track of them? Okay, good question. Um, this is a question that comes up at ev- on every call. So here we are on week number four or five, and it's something that's come up every time. Um, so I choose to keep my essential oils in a, um, it's, I got it from Amazon. My husband got it for me for Christmas and it's a box, a wooden box that has little square divided sections that the oils just fit in perfectly. The bottle fits in perfectly. And I choose to keep mine in there alphabetically so that, um, it's just easier for me to find, you know, the more you use the oils, the more you're going to learn the smell. So for example, as crazy as it sounds, yesterday I wanted cardamom for the tea that I talked about. I opened up my box and as voodoo as it sounds, I really believe that these oils give off a certain energy. And I just, I reached my hand in, I pulled one out and boom, it was cardamom. <laughs> because I'm a braille reader, I usually will take a piece of cardstock and maybe braille like CD for cardamom or something on the cardstock. And then I will take a circle punch that's about a five eighths inch circle punch. And I'll punch that braille letter out and I'll attach it to the lid. So I've done that on some of mine because they're not accessible right now. But I have reached out to doTERRA and their research development team to figure out a way that we can get some accessible labels onto these oils for us as more of us are, you know, learning about them and using them. But my, my dear friend Kay, who might be on here, who I met on the first call that I did, and we've become good friends. Well, I hope I'm not speaking just for my... <laughs> I hope you feel that way. Kay, I'm sure she it. does. <laughs> <laughs> she tells me that, um, and she just purchased some oils and she just got them home. And what she chose to do was she has a pen friend. So when she got the oils home, she used Ira to help her figure out what the oils were. And then she used the little dots that come with the pen friend and she put the dot, she said it fits perfectly into the um, little space on the lid. And then she can program into that little dot, you know, using her pen friend, all the pertinent information, you know, to start off with, she just put the oil, but eventually as she learns, she'll be able to put in there, whether they're aromatic, internal or topically safe, she'll be able to put like some uses 
So for any of you that might have a pen friend, it's a great way to label your oils. Kathy, I hope that helped a little bit. Stay tuned as, doTERRA, as I bug doTERRA. Um, Haley, we have, a, we have a couple more questions. Um, so I'm going to the person whose area code begins with 314. Yeah, speaking of K. Um, oh, hey, K. Hey, Mika, <laughs> Mika, we uh, just, you know, we were in the same class together when we at Oh, hey, I thought it was you. Yeah, yeah, but I heard you and I thought, oh, goody. <laughs> so how you doing? Anyway, okay. um, I don't want to take up a lot of time, but hey, it's good to hear from you. Um, I had, the question that I had was about, um, well, actually, it was funny because Terry and I were talking yesterday about uh, smoothies and putting different um, things into smoothies as far as for flavors, and we were coming up with some pretty cool ideas. We have a green smoothie, and we thought, you know, maybe some of the the herbs in a small amount might be kind of interesting to add to them just yeah. to see what they come up with. For sure. Like, like that. cilantro is really yeah. detoxifying to the, to the body. So like yep. you could do, you know, some cilantro in a smoothie. Um, the lemon's going to be super cleansing for the liver. You could do that. Um, you could even do turmeric. I wouldn't suggest like putting a whole lot of the turmeric in because the flavor is, you know, kind of, it takes a little getting used to, but turmeric is uh -huh. great as an anti-inflammatory. So let me know. And then we talk later or whatever. Let me know what you guys tried. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks the for the ideas. Those were a couple of ideas. So do what? Do what? <coughs> the pen friends working out okay so far? Yes. Actually, okay. it works out really good. Um, I've been diffusing and making my dining room area smell with all kinds of different things. We haven't had nice. fun with that. So nice. I think I'm probably going to order another diffuser. So, okay. I know that's, that's the one thing that I wouldn't want to be without. And I don't know if there's a person on here who asked a couple weeks ago, if there was a diffuser that did not need to be plugged in. And back then my answer was no, not really. My answer today as of Friday is that doTERRA just came out with what they call the pilot diffuser. And it's about the size of like an Amazon dot, if you're familiar with that size. And it does not need to be plugged in. It's rechargeable with a USB drive. It can be adapted. It has it comes with a car adapter if you're, you know, in the car with someone and they need to be kept awake or they're nauseous. Um, and it just came out on Friday, and by Friday night it's sold out. So it will be coming back, and they they will <laughs> there will be one. Yeah. I saw that, and I wondered if it ran by uh, battery. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Sorry, I muted myself. So I was saying thank you, Kay, and oh my God, nobody my was my hearing phone. me. <laughs> yes, we can hear you. All right. So you have three people with their hands raised, okay? Okay. Let's give you um, – okay. Um, Catherine Mensah. Afternoon. Yes, hi. Yes, hi. Good afternoon, group. How can I okay. help you? Yes, uh, you were talking about pen friend, how to label the oils. And we actually use pen friend, uh, but I use it a little differently. We don't use it with the dot. And I wanted to just, you know, share this. Somebody may find it helpful. Okay. One. Um, but actually, we record because they have different labels. You know, shape labels, squares, dot, uh, circle, circular ones. So uh -huh. we use those, and we just record what's on there. And they have numbers on the on the labels. 
um, that corresponds to, so you can track, you know, what, what number has what recording on it. So we just okay. record what, what, we, what we're putting into that particular, you know, um, jar. Okay. You know, particular container. And then the pen will, when you tap the pen onto the label, you know, it will read back what was recorded on there. Okay. I'm actually going to be purchasing a pen friend this week for this reason alone, because <laughs> I'm excited that I can actually label my oils that way now. And so it's really cool. I love that. How, how long can you record? Like, how long is the message that you can record in there? I don't know. I have to look at that. Ours was okay. short, you know. Okay. Um, but I have to look at that, how long, mm-hmm. how long it can go. I mm-hmm. never want to go too much longer than the label is big enough, you know, to contain right. You know, yeah, but it would definitely, I mean, if, if oils are something that you're interested in getting into, um, it would definitely, it would give me peace of mind knowing that people could actually record into the labels, you know, whether they are ingestible or not, that kind of thing. So um, exciting, exciting that it works that way. For sure. Thank you for your, thank you, Catherine. Um, and then we have Andrea. Hi. Hi, Andrea. Tell me how to spell the name of the company, please. Okay. So it's the company that I use, and it's the only one that I can speak to because that's what I use, um, is D, as in David, O, T, as in Thomas, E, R, R, A. D, O, T, E, R, R, A. Yep. And I don't know, I can't remember if Cindy did or not. I didn't look, but I um, had asked Cindy if it would be possible to put my email address at the bottom of the invite for the class today, as well as, um, you know, my phone number or whatever, so that if anyone had any questions, because you can actually go to my website and you can, um, you know, browse around the website. From what I'm hearing, it's easiest on iPhone, which is how I do it. And you can um, browse around and see what oils are there and, um, you know, get in touch with me. Um, I'll quickly give out that email in case anyone wants it, but you could also get in touch with Cindy um, Van Winkle if you wanted that. But it's H-A-Y-D as in David, A-V as in Victor, the number eight at Comcast.net. So hey, Dave, eight at Comcast.net. If anyone has any questions, I, I you know, I like I said, I, it's really important to me that people... Um, not just get oils into their hands and not be safe with using them or just spend their hard-earned money on oils that just sit in a box and don't get used when there's hundreds of uses for them. So if you'd like to learn more, you can always get in touch with me that way too. Perfect. All right. Thank you, Andrea, for your question. And I'm going, I'm going to Raymond. Nope. I can't talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's the right Raymond. <laughs> Be nice, uh, Raymond. I, I don't know. You'll just have to guess. Won't you? <laughs> it's the right Raymond. <laughs> what Hello. can I do for you? <laughs> very quickly, I just wanted to stop in very quick and say, hey, great job. Thank you. And number two, if I recall correctly, the uh, pen friend label will allow you one hour of recording, but I'm going by memory. Okay. All, All right. right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being on. And then, um, and then we're going to Kathy. Will this show be archived? And if so, how do you find those? So um, this this is being recorded. Um, I'm not quite sh- sure what the plan is for those recordings yet. 
So I think that there probably is a plan, but I don't know what that is just yet. You can, always, you can always reach out to Kathy. Um, and I can, if there's anything you missed or anything that wasn't clear and I can, um, you know, clear that up for you or send you the information that I used for the class today. So. Oh, great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, I just would really urge you guys to um, <clears throat> just experiment to just, you know, be brave with it and, you know, start off small. Like I said, maybe putting it in a glass of putting your oils in a glass of water or, um, you know, making a tea with them, stirring it into um, soups, you know, just really at first, maybe starting with the oils that you're already familiar with in the herb format. And, and the most important thing is that the most important thing, and I know that I keep going on about it, but I'm so, I'm so adamant about it, is that you please don't go to the store. And it's not so that I'm trying to sell my oils, but it's just to keep you guys safe. But you know, when you go to the store to, to really make sure that if you plan on using it into your food, that it, you know for sure 100% that it's pure and ingestible and isn't going to harm you because I'd hate for you to have a bad reaction with an oil that puts you off using them ever again. You know, they have so many amazing benefits, both emotionally and physically. And now, you know, the ways that you can use them in your food too that safety is of the utmost importance to me. And I just want to say that, you know, when we're talking about, we can go to the store and a, and a jar of herbs can cost a lot. <laughs> um, in a bottle of doTERRA's essential oils, there's 250 drops in the, in the larger bottles. And in the smaller, there's 75 drops. And we've talked about using a toothpick to pull the oils out. Or if you did use one drop of oil, I mean, imagine how long that would last. So although it may seem like a pricey investment to begin with to buy a bottle of, of essential oil, and they can range anywhere from $10 to over $100. I don't have those oils, by the way. <laughs> but the price, you know, range is wide. And for 250 drops, you know, it's going to last you a very long time and it's not going to go rancid. So it ends up being pretty cost effective if you think about the cost of the bottles at the store and the fact that over time they're going to lose their potency and they're going to go rancid. Um, it's just a, it's just a really neat way. I'm really about um, just learning creative ways. It saves me, it saves me time getting on the bus. It, um, you know, I may reach for that basil in my refrigerator that I thought was good, but I bought it a week ago and now it's all shriveled up and wrinkled. Um, so I can pull from my oil and it's just, it's just convenient. So I hope that some of you guys will reach out to me and maybe be willing to give it a try. Great job, Haley. Thank you. Thank you guys for being on here. And I'm not sure what topic I sent Cindy a couple different topics. If you have topic ideas that you'd like to learn how to use essential oils, whether it's like for sleep or um, for cleaning your house, or if you have ideas, you can shoot those to me or Cindy, but um, we'll be back next Monday at 11. And I'm thankful and grateful that you guys joined me and let me be a part of your day and be safe, everyone. Yes, be safe, everybody.